Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. I've been taught, and it's so true, and I want you to remember this, change brings growth. Change brings growth. Growth brings change. Change brings growth. Growth brings change. You don't want to stop that. Okay? You don't want to stop that. You don't want to settle in and say, well, this, this is the way it's, it's, it's going to be, or this is the way I want it to be. Hello. Amen. Change brings growth, and growth brings change. What I'm going to share with you uh, this morning is a teaching that uh, I normally don't teach on on a Sunday morning, okay? And uh, this teaching is probably one of the most powerful teachings that, that I do on the Ministry of Helps. And so I, I want to say this, okay? I don't know how many years ago it was that Pastor Ronnie came to me and showed me these, these scriptures that I'm going to share with you this morning. And I have traveled around the world helping churches make a change for growth. Amen. And so, if you get mad at me, get mad at pastor, okay? <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this, Pastor Ronnie. The Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in part. You, back then, you shared that part with me, amen, that God has showed to you. And, and then I, I took it in the Holy Spirit and, and expounded it and has helped hundreds upon hundreds of churches around the world. That came out of here. That came out of this church. Amen. Open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Let's get going. Pastor Ronnie said it had to be done by 3 o'clock. <laughs> so we, we need to be moving really fast here. So I hope you keep up with me. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you ahead of time. I'm going to step on some toes today. Awesome. Look your neighbor and say, and you're the one that needed. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes change don't come easy. And, and, and so many of you are going to be challenged. Okay? Many of you are going to going to say, you know, uh, like many have said to me over the years, I thought this is the way it was always supposed to be, brother, buddy. We're going to find that out. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, we'll start in verse 27. It says, now ye are the body of Christ. Y'all yeah. <laughs> feel, still feel gospel here? Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you've never said amen, hallelujah, glory, or preach on preacher, you can do it today, okay? I loose you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs> he says, now ye, and we're talking to y'all, he says, now ye are the body of Christ. Amen. And members in particular, each and every one of you are particular members in the body of Christ. Another word that, that, that I use for particular is special. 
Listen to this. Each and every one of you that are born again today, do you realize that ye are a special member in the body of Christ? Look at your neighbor and smile and say, he's talking about me right now. <laughs> and it goes on and says, and God has set some in the church, and that's where I want to be. I want to be in church. I just don't want to go to church. There are a lot of people who just go to church uh, on Sunday, but I want to be in church. Now, to be in church means to be involved in church. Now, look at your neighbor and say, well, I think he's talking about me. <laughs> Amen. He says, and God has sent some in the church, first apostles, and we thank God for the apostles. Amen. Yes. Secondarily, prophets, and we thank God for the prophets. Amen. Yes. Then it goes on and says, thirdly, teachers, and we thank God for people that can teach the Word of God. Amen. Then on, it says, after that, miracles, and I don't know about you, but I still believe in miracles. Amen. Then it goes on, then it says, gifts of healings, and I don't know about you, but, but I still believe that God heals today. Can I have an amen? And then what is that next little word there? You say, Brother Buddy, we know that little word. You've been here so many times and showed that to us. We know it's in the Bible. But, you know, again, you'd be amazed. I'm still being asked, you know, this ministry of helps you teach on Brother Buddy. Is it in the Bible? Is it in the Bible? Never heard of it. Amen. Well, it is, isn't it? Amen. Omega Church, you know it's in the Bible. I've been here I don't know how many times and shared with you that God set into the church the ministry of helps. It's a supernatural ministry, right? Amen. So wherever you're at serving in the ministry of helps, you can expect the supernatural, right? We know that here at Omega Church, but we're teaching this for the people who are watching online. Amen. <laughs> because you really need to hear it. Amen. <laughs> Omega Church knows that the ministry of helps is in the Bible. The definition for the ministry of helps is as one of the ministrations in the local church by way of rendering assistance or or especially of help minister to the weak and the needy. If you're rendering assistance, if you're giving help to the weak and the needy, ye, my brother and sister, you, now listen to me, you're operating in this ministry, this supernatural ministry, a ministry is just as valid, just as anointed as if God had asked you to be a prophet. Amen. Thank you for that one amen and three heads that went like that. Amen. <laughs> But it's true. Why is it true, brother buddy? Because our God is not a respecter. We're in this together. I thank God for prophets, but I also thank God for those who render assistance, for those who give help to the weak and the needy, those that are in the ministry of helps. We need every member. We need every part of the body. Another definition that is it's becoming pretty famous around the world now was written in the 1800s by a Pentecostal holiness preacher by the name of Godbay. And he wrote a commentary on the New Testament. And this is how he defines those who render assistance, those who give help to the weak and the needy. He starts off with the word O-H-O. And it's not O. You know... That's how a lot of people respond to, to rendering assistance and, and, and giving help to the weak and the needy in the church. Oh, why do they always call me, brother buddy? And on top of that, who gave them my phone number? <laughs> Amen. I asked the person one day, I said, what do you do here in your church? And I'm excited when I ask people that question. And over the years, you know, people, oh, brother, buddy, I, I'm a bucket passer. You know, somebody's got to pass the buckets. Our, our pastor's always taking offerings. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not making these up. Another person said, oh, brother, buddy, I'm a dirty diaper changer. Somebody's got to change the dirty diapers in the church and tell you the truth. If I didn't, I think some of these babies would never get a clean diaper. You know, when I served in the nursery, my motto was this, you bring them in full, <laughs> you'll take them home full. Amen. 
Amen. <laughs> Another person told me one day, oh, brother, buddy, I, I, I sing in the choir. They've been harassing me for weeks on the telephone, so I gave up, <laughs> and I sing in the choir. And this is how a lot of people uh, respond to, to rendering assistance and giving help to the weak and the needy. But brother God, but he don't start off, oh, but he starts off, oh. Yeah, it's that same O that you experienced when the prophet walked into church, when the apostle walked into the church. I, I sure hope that you don't have a different O for, 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 for your nursery workers than you do, you know, for an apostle or prophet. We're in this together, amen? Amen. amen. He starts off, oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders are number one helpers. How grand revival work moves along when? When red hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled hosts. Yeah. Now, what a definition! What a def definition for someone who cleans the church, for someone who serves in an outreach, for, for an usher, for a greeter, for those that serve uh, on the worship team in the media department, amen, in the youth ministry, and on and on and on it goes. Listen, listen, listen to this definition. He, he's excited. Starts off excited. Now listen to this. He says, oh! the infinite value hmm infinite value I realize that that no one in San Antonio uh, needs to get saved right <laughs> everybody in San Antonio is saved everybody within a, a mile a half mile a quarter of a mile radius of this building are all saved. They, they, they don't need Jesus. But they do, don't they? Amen. Amen. And you know what? Pastor Ronnie and Zona, they, they, they can't reach all of these people by themselves. I often ask people, There could be someone else sitting where you're sitting right now. So my question is, why did God pick you first? Why did he bring you here first? I think he knows something that you don't know about you. Amen. God's not in the business of raising up an audience. He's in the business of raising up an army. Yes. Amen. Yes. And we were recruited first. Amen. Amen. Oh, the infinite value. How many lives could be touched, be changed here in the San Antonio area? Oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders, but we are number one helpers. How grand, listen to his words, how grand, how grand revival work moves along when, when red hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled host. Whew. Omega Church, this weekend, change is going to happen. Amen. Amen. It's time. Step up to another level. <coughs> Amen. But I'm not, I, I, I'm not saying it just going, something just going to happen. 
you know, you're going to walk in and, and, you know, everything's going to change. No, you're the ones that are going to change. Look, your neighbor says, he's really talking to the people behind us. Amen. <laughs> this is what I'm anointed to do and what I've been doing for 40-some years. It's going in the churches and helping them to change. Some have said, Brother Buddy, you're like a shot in the arm. Some people say, Brother Buddy, you're like a swift kick in the... <laughs> Get ready, it's coming, amen. <laughs> I'm going to stretch you. Because you're the ones that God brought here first. And there's going to be a change in Omega Church. We started Friday night, the change. We're going to have a service tonight at 6 o'clock. There's going to be a change. I mean, y'all get excited, amen. And, and, I, and I'll say this, you know, there's, there's probably a few of you sitting there going, well, I don't want to change, brother buddy. I don't want more people in here. I like it the way it is because I come in just, I can sit about anywhere or I don't need to sit beside anybody because there's a lot of empty chairs. Oh, excuse me. I'm talking about other churches right now. <laughs> Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 9. 2 Chronicles chapter 9. In verse 1, it says, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Pastor Ronnie and Zona, <laughs> she came to prove Pastor Ronnie and Zona with hard questions at San Antonio, Texas. With a very great camel and, and very great company and camels that bear spices and gold in abundance and precious stones. Now, this lady is loaded. Okay? She carries it around on camels. How many of you ladies this morning would love to have a camel loaded down with jewels and precious stones? Yeah, come on, come on. My wife wants a double hump camel. I love you, amen. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. Now, are they, are they good? They're putting it up there. Good. All right. Because I want you to see this, okay? And Solomon told her all her questions, and there was nothing hid from Solomon which he told her not. Okay? And when the queen of Sheba had seen. Now, I want to key in on that little word, seen, S-E-E-N, sight. Now, I realize and understand that all of you that are present here today and, and all of you that are watching online, that we, we are spirit people. Amen. We, we are not moved by what we see or hear or smell or taste. <laughs> but I've always said this, if we're not supposed to use them, then why did God give them to us? I thank God my nose was working when I picked up that glass of sour milk. And if my nose wasn't working, I thank God my tongue was working. Because I'll tell you what, if my nose wasn't working and my tongue wasn't working, <laughs> my stomach will work, amen. <laughs> and we'll bring it up and start all over again. But there are some people who are, who are moved by what they see. And the majority of the time, it is our first-time visitors who are moved by what they see. Now, the, the, uh, the, the Queen Sheba, Queen of Sheba, she is, this is her first visit with Solomon. 
She is a first time visitor. So what I want us to do for the next two and a half hours, <laughs> I want us to take note of what she's going to notice in her first visit. Now, let me say this. What we're about to look at, this is going to help you as a church, number one, to understand, Pastor Ronnie and Zona, why they're doing what they're doing. Okay? Again, and let's be honest, some people don't like change. Okay? Kind of like it, the, everything just kind of, you know, let's don't, let's don't rock the boat. Well, we, we ain't rocking the boat today. We're going to tear it up and build a new one. Amen. 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 This is also going to help you to understand and, and appreciate those who serve here in the church. Okay? This is what's going to happen today. And then also it's going to do this. There's some of you who you really deep down in your heart, you desire to serve, to get in church. Amen. And we're going to break that hold that the enemy has on you of always convincing you that you don't have the time, you don't have the ability, you don't have the smarts, okay, to be involved in a church. And that's going to happen today through this teaching. Amen. Amen. So let's go on. Let's see what she's going to notice in her first visit. And, and I believe we can relate this to the local church and help us to make the change that we need to make. It says, And when the Queen of Sheba had seen, number one, the wisdom of Solomon, she noticed the wisdom of Solomon. She noticed how he did things, how he managed things. Number two, she noticed the house that he had built. Hmm. Now, I always thought that was interesting, that a woman would notice a building. But you ladies do notice buildings, don't you? You notice the core building on the outside and even on the inside. It affects you in a different way than it affects me, a man. There is a difference between us. Some argue that point, but there is a difference between us. You ladies, you like the greens and the mauves and the plants and the flowers. Us men just give us a block of wood. Amen. <laughs> Here not too long ago, well, many years ago, many years ago, I was with a pastor in Chicago, Illinois, that, that pastored a fairly large church, Okay. And he, he, we were, we were in his office, and we were talking about church growth. And he brought out some interesting points. He says, he asked me this question. He said, buddy, wouldn't you agree that the majority of the congregations that you have ministered to over the years, that there are more women than men in those congregations? And I, I got to thinking about that. And I thought, well, you know, that's true. How many ladies do we have here? Okay. How many men do we have here? Okay. Pretty, almost, to me, it looks like it's almost pretty even. Amen. He goes on and he says, wouldn't you agree up to this point, brother buddy, that the majority of the buildings, the church buildings that you have ministered in, that the majority of them have... have have more of a masculine look to them. And I thought, hmm, you know, that, that, that's true. You know, I, I, often, I often tell pastors, you know, if you've got some dirt outside, plant something in it. I, I don't know about you, but uh, I think this building looks a whole lot better since you all did the landscaping in front here. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. You know, I, I, I tell churches, you know, put some life on the outside. Because when people drive by, if they see life on the outside, maybe they'll start thinking, maybe there's life on the inside. inside. Now, I'm not a hard person, okay? But, but, but I've driven by some churches 
And, and I've said to myself, they'd have to pay me to go in there. And a lot of them do, amen. <laughs> Looks dead on the outside, and you automatically think it must be dead on the inside. Or, or, or are they having church? That question. Are they having church? So I often tell churches, you know, uh, 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 if you got some dirt, plant something in it. Amen. If, if you don't have dirt, put a banner outside. Let people know there's something going on. Amen. On the inside. Some churches, you know, ah, you know, they, they uh, I don't know why we got to spend all this money on landscaping, you know. I mean, I, I, I went by Walmart the other day. They had some stuff out back they were throwing away. You know, we go down there and get that. And it's usually men talking like that. I often tell pastors, you know, if you're going to remodel the building on the outside and even on the inside, put some women on the remodeling committee. Why? Because the majority of your congregation are women. Ladies, you really missed it on that one. Can, 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 I, can I have an amen from the ladies? Amen. She noticed the house that he had built. You know, I often tell pastors, if, if you got a sign out front, electronic sign or sign you put words up on, spell the words right. <laughs> Some churches why they don't, wonder why they don't have intelligent people uh, coming to their church because the intelligent people drive by and see there's no intelligent people on the inside. Now look at your neighbor and say, I know what church he's talking about, amen. I went to one church and they had my name up on the, on the sign and my last name was spelled B-E-L. I, I told the pastor, I said, Pastor, uh, my name is spelled B-E-L-L. -L. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, brother, buddy. If you go on the other side of the sign, we have two L's over there. <laughs> they wonder why they have confusion in their church. How do we spell it, with one L or with two L's? Can I have an amen? amen. Talking about other churches. Sometimes, you know, we re relax too much. Hello. Can I have an amen? amen? She noticed the house that he had built. Let's go on. And the meat of his table. Now, I, I'm not a theologian, and, and, you know, if I'm wrong on what I'm about to say, you know, I'll stand for correction. Just email it to me. Don't talk to me. Amen. <laughs> but I don't believe they had tables set up back there with just pieces of meat on it. But she noticed the meat on the table. I believe she noticed how well, well they were fed, how well he fed them. Let me ask you this. You ever had anyone ask you, what does your pastor preach on Sunday morning? You ever had anybody ask you that? You know why they asked you that? They're looking for meat. Because where they're going and where they had been, but they, they were probably only getting milk. After a while, milk don't satisfy you. You got to have a steak every now and then. Amen. And, and I, I'm not just saying this because I come online uh, a lot of times when, when you all have a church. Pastor Ronnie, he serves up steak. Yes. Well done. Yes. Amen. Yes. And so you need to tell them, hey, you looking for a steak, you need to come to Omega Church. Yes. Our pastor serves steak on Sunday morning. And we get the baked potato and, and green beans, tomatoes out of the garden, and, and apple pie a la mo. What, 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 what time are we going to lunch, Ron? <laughs> Amen. 
Let's go on. First time visitor. She's really looking this place over. Okay. And the sitting of his servants. Well, there are people that come here. That's not a used car lot over there. You notice that you know that uh, visitors, first time visitors, notice how many people come to church. You know they also notice how many people don't come to your church. Now, now, brother, buddy, how would a first-time visitor know how many people don't come to our church if this is their first time here? Well, let me explain. Every chair in this auditorium represents a person. Amen. Listen to me. Empty chairs do not impress people. Now, I'm not a hard person, okay? I went to a church one time and, uh, that, that, that ran about 100 people on Sunday morning. But their auditorium would hold 500 chairs. So in faith, they went out and bought 400 extra chairs and set them up. In faith. Amen. And when people walked in, they saw 400 people didn't show up. I tell pastors, I'm not against going out and getting 400 faith chairs, but you need to put them in a faith room. Amen. And when Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Faith shows up with their faith children, go get them a faith chair. Amen. Empty chairs do not impress people. You know, that, that old saying, build it and they'll come. And, and that, But I always say, you need to put a comma there. Yeah. And you'll pay for it until they get here. <laughs> can, can, can I have an amen? amen. <laughs> she noticed the sitting of the servants. First time visitor. She's really looking this place over. All right. Let's go on. And the attendance of his ministers. Hmm. She noticed the sitting of his servants, but she noticed the attendance of his ministers. Now, I'm going to make a statement. People never go beyond their leadership. However the leadership is in the church, that's the way the people will be. I'm not just talking about Pastor uh, Ronnie and Zona, but I'm talking about those in leadership position. If they're not faithful, if they're not committed, if they're not excited about the vision, I can guarantee you this, the people that are under them will not be faithful, they will not be committed, and they will not be excited about the vision. Amen. I'm a firm believer well, let me put it this way. I, I've been asked by pastors, can you be too tough on your leaders? On the leaders, brother, buddy. I tell them all the time, now nah, you can never be too tough. Amen. Personally, I think you ought to be tougher on your leaders than you are on yourself. I tell pastors, the reason why is because your leaders are with your people more than you are. I'm not, I'm not feeling a lot of love right now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Years ago when I started in the ministry, I was told something about leaders. I, I didn't believe it. I told the person, I don't believe that. But they told me this, Brother Buddy, 85% of most church problems come out of leaders. And, and I remember telling that person, oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. But I'm here to tell you today, it's true. I've sat with hundreds of pastors, hundreds and at the end of, a, 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 every problem I listen to, I hear a leader's name. Amen. 85% of church problems, it, it, it comes out of leadership. Amen. That's why, that's why you ought to rejoice when you hear that your pastor is tough on the leaders. Because so go the leaders, so go you, Amen. the sheep. People never go beyond their leadership. Amen. Trey, come up here and help me out with something. I like to illustrate different things. Amen. 
I make Pastor Trey famous now, being online. <laughs> Amen. Turn around here like this, okay. People never go beyond their leadership. However the leadership is, that's the way the people are, okay? Uh, Pastor Trey is, is my leader, okay? We never go beyond leadership. Pastor Ronnie, you have people like this. They just got saved. They're excited. You sneeze and, man, they want to go. But as time goes on, it gets harder and harder to get them to, to be involved in the church. You almost got to put a stick of dynamite on there and blow them out of the chair. Amen. <laughs> well, let me show you why this happens with some people, okay? I come to church and, and you teach about faithfulness. Oh, man, I want to be faithful. I want to be more faithful than what I am right now. But I run into a leader that don't want to be any more faithful than what he is right now. And I run into this. And I run into this. I come to church, you preach about being committed. I want to be committed. I want to be more committed than what I am right now. But I run into a leader that don't want to be any more committed than what he is right now. And I run into this. And I run into this. I come to church, you preach about getting excited about Jesus. I want to be excited. I want to be more excited than what I am, but I run into a leader who don't want to be any more excited than what he is right now. And I run into this. And I run into this, and one day I say, forget it. Maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe God did drop me on my head when I got saved. <laughs> you know, if I want to be a leader... And, you know, uh, they, they get to go out with the pastor and the speaker and go to seminars. And, well, if I want to be a leader, I'll do what the leaders do in this church. I'll just sit in the back and I won't do nothing. Wow. Preaching truth, church. For me to grow in faithfulness, my leader has to become more faithful than what he is right now. So I'll have room to grow in faithfulness. For me to grow in commitment, my leader has to grow in commitment. So I will have room to grow in commitment. For me to be more excited, my leader has to become more excited. So I will have room to grow in excitement. But when my leader stops, I stop. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Trey. Amen. Amen. People never go beyond their leadership. I'm often asked over the years by people that serve, Brother Buddy, we don't understand why, they, why Pastor put this person over us. We're here more than they are. We have to get them excited about the vision. Amen. I don't know how many times that said, that's been said to me. I don't know why he puts that person over us. We're here more than they are. Now, y'all should be rejoicing because you're not leaders, amen. It's the leaders that are sweating right now, amen. They're praying, brother, buddy, get off this subject right now. Leave this alone. No, no. Listen. I'm not, I'm not the representative of the Ministry of Helps, okay? But I, I, I'm going to say this. We're tired in the Ministry of Helps getting the blame. We're tired. We're just doing what our leaders do. They don't show up. Why should we show up? They're not behind the new project. They don't give. Why should I give? And we're just tired of getting the blame. Amen. Amen. I mean, we want to move on, but we can't move on because we run into them. We get excited. They say, oh, you need to calm down. Right. I want to do that. Well, you know, hey, don't get in a hurry. Look, your neighbor's smile say change. She noticed the attendance of his ministers. Personally, I don't think leaders ought to sit beyond the second row in the church. 
Boy, that really went over big. <laughs> oh, amen. You know, I, I don't have a lot of education. I didn't go to college, okay? I graduated high school with a football diploma, all right? <laughs> but I have learned some things over the years. And I've learned this, to lead means you're in front. Amen. How can you lead people when you sit behind them? Now, I know some leaders, they're designated to sit in certain places, okay? In my church, in my home church, there in Manford, Oklahoma, all of our leaders sit on the front row. And the reason why is not because our pastor is mean, okay? But he said, buddy, the reason I do this is because I want to minister this word to the leaders first, and then it'll flow from them into the sheep. Over the years, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've searched out why some leaders sit in the back of the church now, unless, you know, unless they're designated, but why, why are they sitting in the back of their churches? They didn't used to sit in the back, but now they're sitting in the back. Well, one of the reasons uh, uh, they sit in the back is they don't want the people to see that they don't go along with the pastor no more. Because when a pastor stands up and makes a change, the eyeballs always leave pastor and go to the leaders. Let's see how they're responding to this change. And the leaders sitting there and they're feeling all these eyeballs on. They're going, we told him to wait six months. What are we going to do now? So they move to the back of the church so they can sit back there and go. I think they're just telling the pastor they don't want to be a leader no more. I often tell pastors, I, I, you know, if, if you'd bring me into a service, you know, and tell me who the leaders are, I could tell you how, how hooked up they are just by where they sit. Talking about other churches, okay? <laughs> Talking about other churches. Talking about change. Amen. amen? If anyone ought to be saying amen first to the sermon, it ought to be the leaders in the church. Amen. Yes. If anybody ought to be nodding their heads uh, when the pastor's preaching, it ought to be the leaders first. Amen. Aren't you glad you're on the front row? <laughs> Amen. Well, let's go on. I wish you would, Brother Buddy. She noticed the attendance of his ministers and their... Is it up there too? And their apparel. What time is it? Okay, I, I, I'm going to skip some things here. Is that Okay. Well, I'm not going to. <laughs> we might need a Monday night and Tuesday night and a Wednesday night. Amen. She noticed their apparel. She noticed what they were wearing. She noticed their clothes. You say, Brother Buddy, you're getting ready to step out on some thin ice right now. <laughs> Listen, I know I'm getting ready to step out on some thin ice. And this is what I'm going to do when I get out there. I'm going to bust it. Are you hearing me? Now, let me point something else before we continue. I'm, I'm feeling the, the love kind of <laughs> ciphering out of here. Amen. We're looking at people who are serving. Now, hear me out. We are not looking at people that are not serving. Did you all hear me? Yes. We're looking at people who are serving. We are not looking at people who are not serving. Okay? All right? She noticed their apparel. 
Now, I, I think we ought to give God our best. Amen? Amen. And, and really, it, it, it gets down to attitude. I mean, on Sunday morning, you know you're going to be in the house of God. You know you're going to be serving in the house of God. What is your attitude when you come to your clothes closet? Do you just throw open the door and go, well, it's clean? That is a careless attitude. You know and I know you got something better in there than what's just clean. Amen. Amen. I think we ought to give God our best. But now listen to me. Don't turn me off. A couple of you are turning me off. Don't turn me off. We're talking about people who are serving. We are not talking about people that are not serving, okay? Listen, your best and my best might not be made out of the same material. Are you hearing me? Yes. Your best and my best might not, might not cost the same amount of money. Are you hearing me? But one thing about it, when we are serving together in the house of God, we can say to each other, we are giving God our best. Amen. You'd be amazed what an iron would do to your shirt. Amen. <laughs> what a brush would do to your hair. Amen. <laughs> what a mint would do to your breath. Amen. <laughs> Some ushers and greeters, they think it's the anointing that knocks people down at the door. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not the anointing, it is your breath, amen. We call it dragon's breath, amen. Amen. You know, we laugh, and I'm, I'm glad we can laugh, but you'd be amazed how many people will use that reason not to come back to your church. Yes. Like one couple said, Brother Buddy, when we go to our church, we drive around the building to see who's standing at, at, at which door, to determine which door we're going to go into. Wow. <laughs> Their decision to go to church is based on that first person they meet out there. See, it's a proven fact that the first person you meet in a new location, that's the person that influences you the most. Amen. Let me, let me throw this in here. The experts say, whoever the experts are, two things that, that, that really influences visitors is parking and bathrooms. Parking and bathrooms. Now, I'm not a hard person, okay? I went to a church one time. They picked me up early, and I had to use the bathroom. So I thought, well, I'll use the bathroom at the church. I got to the church. I, I went into the bathroom. I've never seen a more filthy bathroom. And the building was only maybe six, seven years old. I mean, just filthy. I didn't use the bathroom. I came out, preached about a 15, 20-minute sermon, said amen, and left. You say, Brother Buddy, was you punishing the church because they had a dirty bathroom? No, you didn't hear me. I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> There's some things that God just don't intervene in on. Amen. <laughs> he expects us to take care of it. Amen. Some churches throw a fit because they got to they, they, uh, remodel their bathrooms. Amen. I don't know why I got to spend all that money on bathrooms. There's a reason why. Look your neighbor, smile, say change. She noticed the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, first time visitor, and his cupbearers also. We're talking about everyone that serves here. And their apparel. Ooh, whoa, whoa. Whoa, let me look at that. Make sure I got the... And their apparel. Now, church, it's interesting. I, I, and I want you to see this. We're, we're, we're looking at, at the Bible, okay? The only thing she's noticed twice so far is what? Interesting. The only thing she's noticed twice so far is apparel. 
So, <laughs> I guess since she brought it up again, <laughs> I can mention something else. Let's take the people that serve up on the platform. I go to some churches, and I do this. At the end of the service, afterwards, I'll, I'll ask the pastor, you hire those people up on your platform, don't you? Well, why'd you ask that, Brother Buck? Because they don't look like they belong here. They don't dress like you dress, so you must hire them from the outside and bring them in. Now, we're talking about other churches here, okay? Other churches. And then I'm this close. How close is that? I'm this close going up to the worship team and asking them, who you mad at? What are you so upset about? You stand up here for a half an hour singing songs about Jesus and you can't even smile. Who you mad at? What are you so upset about? Well, brother, buddy, you wouldn't believe what I'm going through. Oh, man, I believe it. I had to look at it for over a half an hour. Who you mad at? Excuse me, I just, some things I got to get off my chest. Amen. You don't travel like I travel. Amen. You know, I go in and churches have a choir and there's gloom, doom, and despair. Well, I would tell gloom, doom, and despair, sit down. Amen. Let me share something with you. For people to receive faith, they've got to have hope. First, they got to have hope. They got they got to believe that Jesus is alive. They got to believe that God is real, that He's on the throne. Amen. And that's what happens when they they get they come in the parking lot, you know, and and, and the first person they meet is old brother Fred, you know. You park it over there. Stay between the lines. Grab those kids. We need three three foot speed bumps out here. Nursery? I don't know where the nursery's at. Find somebody's got a baby and follow them. <laughs> Getting a lot of hope right there. <laughs> Amen. And then they walk in and they notice the greeters are shaking people's hands, but when they got there, they turned and didn't shake their hands. And then they walk into the auditorium. The ushers are glued to the back wall because they're afraid it's going to fall on the seventh day. <laughs> and they look at them like, who are you? Where'd you come from? Before they walked in the auditorium, they went down to the nursery, and the nursery worker said, oh, no, not another one. I hope you bring some extra diapers. Would you tell them out there that I need help back here? Hope. Got a lot of hope that Jesus is here because they know he's not out there where they're at. But can they come to a place where there is a Jesus? Where they'll know that God's on the throne. And the pastor comes out and preaches and, and they leave and say, I didn't get anything out of that. Yeah, because there was no hope before it. Look at your neighbor and smile and say, change. And his accent by which he went, in, went up to the house of the Lord. Now listen to me. 85% of communication is done through body expression. Your face has the capability of making over 5,000 different expressions. You know that? I've got 2,500 of them down. I'm working on the other 2,500. Amen. You ever ask somebody, hey, what's wrong? And they go, well, nothing. Well, you need to tell your face. Amen. Amen. I hear it all the time. Well, brother, buddy, out of, out of musicians. Well, brother, buddy, the reason I don't smile is because I'm concentrating on playing the music. No, no, no. Let me tell you why you don't smile. You don't practice enough. Right. If you practice more, you could do two things at once. 
And if you practice more, you might learn the words to the song, just like that brother that was standing there uh, playing the guitar, he was at least mouthing the words. Yeah, I was watching. <laughs> so was everybody else. They weren't sitting there thinking, yeah, I got problems too. They weren't thinking, well, does, does he have problems? He must. Look at the way he looks. He can't even smile while he's singing about Jesus. Is this everything you want me to say? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling the love. I'm just not feeling it. I just came from California. Yeah, how do you think this went over out there? <laughs> well, Brother Buddy, this is California. I said, well, yeah, and, and this is the Bible. <laughs> so what are we going to do? We're going to do California or we're going to do the Bible? Now, let me, let me say some more about apparel. I'm not against casual, okay? But there's two types of casual. There's a nice casual, then there's a sloppy casual. Are you hearing me? I'm not against casual, but I've noticed over the, over the years there's, there's, there, there is a nice casual. Amen. But then there's a sloppy casual. And you can see it. Clothes speak. Over the years I had people say, oh, no, clothes won't change a person. Come on. You and me are going to go downtown. I'm going to video you before we go into the store. We're going to deck you out with new clothing. We're going to walk out, and we're going to video you again, and you'll see two different people. Well, I'm going to say it. You dress up for a funeral for the dead, but you won't dress up for someone who was raised from the dead. Start the car, Kathy. <laughs> and you all want to do what I do, huh? I was in one church. It was so bad. The person that was with me says, you going to teach on, on, on the Queen of Sheba? I looked at him. I said, do you think I'm a dummy? I said, I'm going to give him the DVD and we're out of here. <laughs> oh, amen. And they wonder why their church wasn't growing. Pastors say, you know, Brother Bud, we have a lot of visitors, but a lot of them don't come back. I wonder why. I wonder why. Let's go on. And there was no more spirit in her. Now, she didn't die. Another translation said she was breathless. She walks into this place. She sees the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he built, the meat of his, of his table, the sitting of his servants, the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, the cupbearers and their apparel, and the way he carried himself up into the house of the Lord. She was breathless. I wouldn't be surprised if she might have had a thought. I've heard this thought before, you know. It's like stepping into another world. You know there's people out there in that world out there that's looking for another world, a better world? Do you know there is a better world? It's called the kingdom of God. But a lot of people don't know when they step from one into the other. We think to win the world, you got to look like the world, you got to act like the world. No, 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 no. You got it wrong. I've heard it. What? This is no different than where I'm from. We think we got to act like the world or like one church. Um, you can have two beers in the coffee room, but if you want a third one, you got to sign a, a piece of paper, a contract. Church. 
moving right along. And she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believe not their words until I came and my what? Eyes. Eyes had seen it. And behold, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me, for thou exceedest the fame that I heard. You mean there was something else that affected her just as much as all these other things that she's been seeing? Look at the next verse. She says, Happy are thy men, and happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee that hear thy wisdom. Everybody was happy. Everywhere she went, everybody was happy. The parking lot guy had a smile on his face, and he welcomed them. Amen. Told them where to go. If they needed a children's church or a nursery, if they have children, he told them where to go. Just see one of the greeters at the door. The greeters had a smile on their face, and they welcomed them, you know, and said, hey, this is your first time. Let me show you around. They go down to the nursery worker, and the nursery worker's got a smile on her face. And she's excited about ministering to the babies. Amen. She comes into the sanctuary. The ushers have been loosed from the back wall. <laughs> The revelation has come that the back wall shall stand by itself on the seventh day. Amen. <laughs> and they help them find a good seat so they can see and hear everything. Amen. That's going on in the service. They sit there in the worship team and the, and, the, and the musicians are smiling, excited, and worshiping and praising God. And they, and they, and they sit there and go, what's going to happen when the preacher comes out? <laughs> I mean, if it's like this, I mean, what's going to happen when the preacher comes out? And he gives a call, and they raise their hand, and they get saved. And they say, I've never been in a place like this. And why do we do all of it? Here, verse 8, she said, Blessed be the Lord thy God. She got saved. Now, I know nobody gets saved in the Old Testament, but it's a type and a shadow of the new. She says, there is a God. I don't think a first-time visitor has to go to church five or six times to realize that there is a God. It can happen in their first visit. Amen. Amen. Look at what she said. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee to set thee on his throne to be king for the Lord thy God, because thy God loved Israel to establish them forever. Therefore, many king over them do judgment and justice. What a statement from a first-time visitor. There is a God. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. The, uh, uh, God's hand is upon you. God is in this house. First time. Well, after the altar call comes the offering. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold and spices of great abundance and precious stones, and neither was there any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. She pulled out her checkbook that morning. She wrote a check for $130 million and put it in the offering when it went by. Now, I know here at Omega Church, everything's paid for. You have millions in the bank. But just in case you need a little extra, I, I'll tell you where you can get it from your first-time visitors. There's no telling how many Queen of Sheba's have walked into this church or your church could write you one check and pay for everything. You say, Brother Buddy, are you after people's money? No, 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 relax. I'm not after people's money. <laughs> but if they have it... <laughs> <laughs> can't think of a better place to put it than in your church. And, and, and relax, church. We, we here in the United States, we are not running out of money, okay? We are not. This is the United States of America, okay? When we get low on money, we just print more. <laughs> Amen. And I want you to remember this. And Pastor Ronnie, I know, tells you, we're not in the world. Amen. The world has problems. Amen. You want to stay in God's world. Yes. Amen. Don't get caught up in the world out there. Stay in the Word. Stay with God. Amen. Well, I can't think of a better way to end this morning than like this. Oh, the infinite 
value. I hope you're seeing this now. Just how valuable and how important you are. And what's going to happen when there's a change? the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders, but we are number one helpers. How grand, interesting word, grand. How grand revival word moves along when? When red hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled host. Would you stand up with me? Hallelujah. 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 Bow your heads. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for this morning. And Father, I, I thank you for the challenge that has been placed before us. And Father, I thank you that Omega Church is making the changes that you desire for this church to make. There are hundreds of people that need to hear the message that you've given to Pastor Ronnie and Zona. But as you have told me in times past, the only way that we can reach the multitudes is when the local church is prepared to take care of the multitudes' families. Father, I thank you for every individual that's here today. I thank you for their gifts, for their talents, for those that have been looking for a place to, where there's more than just listening and going home, but they can have a part in what you're wanting to do in this city. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.